everything is break draft trade i don't know exactly how much we even have to talk players and fantasy football this episode okay almost want like us to interview each other oh god we'll talk about our championships i want to talk about your fantasy football life how my big picture fits together here yeah i feel like everything is tiny like is this tiny too like it looks teeny tiny like <laughs> it is literally like the small i'm like i guess i didn't see it <laughs> there that's better that's better i i'm i am listening to you but i'm also thinking and typing for this thing i have something weird about me that i realized not everyone is like this i cannot read and listen at the same time. So you weren't actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was there. Break, draft, trade. Did you by any chance read that my write-up? I did. That I did? Yep. Yeah. I just had never thought about writing. Des Bryant made a really ignorant comment about women and all that. So that kind of like blew up in the fantasy space. And so because of that, like different people were trying to make sure that women had known that you're very much welcomed here an article just for the ladies whoever wants to and I was like okay like you know it's an opinion piece so I figured doing something like that was easier than anything else because I'm really just talking about somebody who I like and somebody I would want on my team and I'm like well this is easy so then I went in and I did a little research because I was like well I do want to give some actual I was like oh look at her putting stats in there I know I was like I do I do want to sixth and eighth and fifth. I know. I was like, I just want to let you know that like it isn't just because he's the sun god and I was right about him. I want to tell you why I was right about him. It's not just the noble touch. It's, you know, there is actual like reasoning behind it. Me talking about it from, you know, my fun little aspect and then I did give some actual like numbers and I was like you could definitely tell it was you that wrote it because it was like I said I liked him and they said I don't know and I said no 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 I like him and then he was good and then they said he wasn't gonna be really good and I was like no 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 Watch I like him he's really really good and guess what he was really really good well he was <laughs> reading it, it's like oh yeah this is noble <laughs> this is definitely noble and all the naysayers who didn't that he was anybody. I was like, nope, I'm drafting him higher than anybody would draft him. And now I look brilliant. There was risk and I was pessimistic because of that risk. I'm glad I could be the other side of the coin to argue with you to make you look so right. <laughs> yeah. I also want to point out who kept saying, hey, maybe Puka here. Hey, maybe Puka here. You say that and then you go look at our co-own teams and guess what? Puka's there. We have a lot of Puka. Puka was someone that at least had a name that kind of uh, was worth a late round dart. Cup got injured in the offseason. When Cup got injured, that's when Puka start, jumped up from fifth round to like fourth round, now creeping towards the end of the third. And our late season rookie drafts, we got Puka in all those. Those are all the only leagues where we got Puka because we weren't drafting yeah. Puka before Cup. Yeah. Laporta was staring us in the face so often. And now, in hindsight, I mean, we really didn't know. It's always a gamble. You don't know. But I'm like, oh my god, we could have had Laporta everywhere. Like, ugh. Yeah, uh, I was willing to take, at the same time as him, basically like Ty, Jaden Reed, and got a ton of Jaden Reed. Well, and Jaden Reed is nothing to argue against. So, I mean, if we're taking Jaden Reed instead of Laporta, then it's like, okay, we won either way. No, but to your credit, I'm not willing to pay the first year price tag for a tight end because they will be cheaper in 12 months, 99% of the time. Hmm. Except for if your name is Laporta. This is one of those 1% <laughs> of the times where he's worth three times what he was on draft day. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that Sam Laporta is possibly my tight end one. He is in the argument if he's not. He's younger than all these other ones and is performing just as well as the other ones. Kelsey might as well just get married. Travis Swift is his new name and I'm just done. I think he's on the downswing. I think he's preoccupied. Titans get injured all the time. All of them. Like there's very few exceptions and the exceptions have been like Kelsey which is how you are able to be so good for so long as you just don't end 
up getting really hurt in any of these seasons. Yeah. So as long as Laporta stays healthy, he's going to be ahead. Kelsey's puttering a little bit towards the end of the season, too. All right. Well, let's get into it because this is all good stuff we can talk about. Oh, yeah. Make that the intro or something. Welcome back to the Rink Draft Trade Podcast. I am your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on X at NobleG underscore FF. And it is the Nick and Noble show today with my fantasy football BFF, Mr. Nick James. You can find him on the X at Iowa in the NFL. Nick, say hello to your fans and friends and everybody listening. Hello and good evening. Did you have a good holiday? I I did have a good holiday. Yeah, we had a nice Christmas and then we just went to Hilton Head Island for New Year's, just the four of us. And we had the best time. We laughed. We watched a lot of football. There were highs and there were lows, you know, because it was a lot of championship weekends. So Mm-hmm. New Year's is always an emotional. If you play fantasy football, it can go really well or it can just really suck. <laughs> but it was fun. We had a lot of fun. How about you? <sighs> Mine was pretty good to the tune of 31 championships out of 91 leagues, which the percentage is a little down from the last year, but still... (laughs) That's pretty good. Respectable rate, at least by uh, my standards, and got to spend a lot of time with the family each of the last couple weekends, so grateful for that. You did beat me in the OG league by a a lot, Uh, I don't know, 60 points or so. I thought I was going to make a comeback there, and there was just no chance. There was no chance. I had some injuries late, and I was like, this ain't happening. But the league where we talked all season about you just, like, breaking me over the coals on all these deals, you won that league. (laughs) Is that the one I won? That was the one I won. that's the one you won. (laughs) I know, and it was so funny because, like, sometimes I have to go in, and because I'm in quite a few leagues, so I have to go in, and I'm like, oh, my God, I won a championship. In here. <laughs> yeah. If anybody cares, I'm the champion in here. <laughs> Hello? Echo, echo. <laughs> nope. There were either six or nine teams that I was trying to drive the pick down, and that was one of those leagues. So that league was up for grabs. Not not going for it this year, guys. You guys can have it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. At least I got to walk away saying I was, you know, champion in one league. And then I have two leagues. Currently, these are local leagues that is a two-week championship, and it is final week this week. Not really looking forward to a week 18 championship because you just don't know. Some of these teams are probably going to be sitting starters, and you just don't know what's going to be happening. Christian McCaffrey's out, which in one league, I'd be playing against him, so yay for me. But in another, the other league, I have him, so that could be a challenge. I'm going into the one league where I only beat him out in the first week by like one point, so we're dead even going into this week. And then in the other league, I'm like 40 points behind, so I've, I've dominated in both leagues. Now, in the one league where we're only one point apart, right? now he actually was ahead of me for like I was ahead of him then he was ahead of me and then I took back during the season so we actually were pretty even all season long so that that should come down to the wire the other league I've just dominated dominated been at the top the whole time I just know I'm gonna end up losing in the championship which Which includes week 18. How weird is that? I know. I know. It's terrible. I know. Listen, I'm not running these leagues. These are like local leagues. These aren't my necessarily fantasy football, like big into fantasy footballers and and understand like the weeks and stuff. And that kind of takes us right to something I wanted to talk about. What is it that kind of got you into fantasy football? A bad idea. (laughs) Gosh, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know exactly how many years. I could probably figure it out, but it would take a lot of brain power. I want 
gonna say I've probably been doing it now for seven or eight years, which is hard to believe that I've survived that long. <laughs> I know. So a friend of mine actually had a home league. She had two people leave and so they needed to add two people. And so she was like, you need to get into our fantasy football league. It'll be fun. And I'm like, I don't even watch football. I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't grow up in a football home. We didn't watch football. We were a baseball family. But Craig watched football all the time. Always had it on. He was always, and he's played fantasy football for a very long time mm. and he's always screaming player names at the television i remember shocky the player i don't even know his first name but his last jeremy. name was shocky jeremy shocky yes. we've talked about this before he's a giant that hurt mike's feelings yes <laughs> and i just remember the season of craig yelling throw it to shocky and i'm like i don't know who this shocky guy is but i could go the rest of my life without hearing that come from your mouth i need it to stop stop and I'm going to throat punch you. Mm. Not really. If you're, you know, like I'm not really going to throat punch him. I just wanted to throw. So that him. got you into fantasy football. <laughs> no, I wanted nothing to do with it. I literally loathed fantasy football. My friend Heidi is like, it'll be fun. Those are famous last words, right? Like it'll be fun. Mm. They said, yes, famous last words. And I was like, Heidi, I don't know anything about football. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, Craig gets wind of this and he's like, oh my God. Yeah, we should do this. This will be fun. And I'm like, yeah, so you can literally hand me my ass. And he's like, no, you'll be fine. You don't need to watch football. You'll be fine. I'm like, okay. That's what got me into football, like into fantasy football. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm saying that sarcastically, but I'm a highly competitive individual. When I do anything, I literally jump in with everything that I am, everything that I have. So I don't go into anything competitive with a defeatist attitude. I'm like, okay. Okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I basically need to figure out how to win because I hate losing. He kind of showed me the ropes a little bit like, okay, these are your waivers and this is how you look up bios and this is like how you tell what's going on. And I just sort of started paying attention to what he was doing and doing my own research. And I started listening to people and I started going on and reading little blurps and like looking into weekly start sits and just information. I mean, there's a ton of information available. I didn't get into podcasts yet. Although Craig loves the fantasy footballers and he would listen to the fantasy footballers like religiously. I would ask him for help, but that stopped after year one because I went on and I won the championship in year one. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you're on your own. Like, obviously, you know what you're doing enough to win. So that was it. Like I was bit by the fantasy football bug, but I got to be honest, I kind of wanted out after year one because I've never felt anxiety anxiety and pressure like I did in fantasy football. That's the competitive part. It's because you care so much. I care so much. And I would be, I was so upset. Like I didn't take it well. Like losing was like, <laughs> so he was like, you got to find a way to really like chill out. And I'm like, don't tell me to chill out. I mean, like <laughs> you don't tell a woman to chill out. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. You know, it's common knowledge that if a woman is upset, if you simply tell her to relax, it will resolve the situation. Oh, no. So bad. So bad. And I have a story about that too, but I'll spare everyone. Anyway, Craig knows you don't tell me to relax. <laughs> Anyway, year two, I was like, you know, I just, I feel like I proved myself. Like I have nothing left to prove. I came, I saw, I conquered, I'm retiring, I'm done. <laughs> one and done. <laughs> one and done. Like what, guys, like this was easy, goodbye. And he's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. And so my friend Heidi's like, oh no, once you're in the league, you have to die to get out. <laughs> like, These are good rules. This feels very unfair. This feels very unfair. I feel bullied right now. And I'm adding that to my bylaws. <laughs> like, yeah, like you have to die to get out. I hated this. Like I loved it and I hated it. Like I have such a love-hate relationship with fantasy football. It's not even funny because I am passionate and competitive and it's terrible. It is a blessing and a curse all mixed into one and it's just a ball of anxiety. And you love it. <laughs> and I hate it. I love it and I hate it. Those two things can exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. Love and hate can exist at the same time and it does. Mm -hmm. So year two, I actually Actually, I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to do this again, but I hate you all for this. And then I joined another league. <laughs> 
That's how it starts. Because our neighborhood put together a league. You partook in a gateway league, league that leads you to other leagues. Yes. More serious leagues. I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of good at this. I mean, I won my first ever fantasy football league, so sure, why not? Well, I went on, so that was the neighborhood league. I think I won that league second year. I don't think I won it first year. I think I won it second year. And I was like, you know, I don't feel like I suck that bad at this. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good. And then we got into the world of the Fantasy Life app. And then the Fantasy Life app led us to Sleeper. And Sleeper led me to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is really where my fantasy football travels expanded into just such a a huge and vast place and and it was covid mm-hmm. it was the the bracket mm-hmm. the pool party yep it was pool party that is exactly where we met via sleeper yes and it was like i was can i just tell you i was so happy that the march madness never happened because i was in that whole crazy chat but i wanted no part of the actual brackets <laughs> Because as much as I didn't watch football, I cannot, I'm not a basketball person. You were just there for the party. I was there for the party. (laughs) And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But that is really where like my fantasy football took off. And then of course you took me under your wing and taught me. I was your little Padawan and you, you have trained me so well. And I've just grown and blossomed into this like fantasy football Jedi now. Mm-hmm. To bring your story completely full circle, that pool party was a bracket, like a big pool of tons and tons of people all in one bracket or whatever. We made a dynasty league off from it and took the people from that chat to create that initial dynasty league. That became the pool party dynasty, which all my leagues are dynasty yes. or forgets. Yes, yes. That is the league that you won where you raked yes. me over the coals on all those deals, <laughs> like to bring your story yes. full circle there. Yes, that is. I won the pool party. So even though... <laughs> it wasn't basketball it was football and by the way for all of you who are still listening to my rambling story of fantasy football I watch football all the time now and I have come to love football the rules there are so many rules and they're ever changing and I feel like even I hear Craig constantly like you know what I've watched football my whole life and I don't even know the rules at this point (laughs) I don't even know what that is what they're gonna call so I will say I'm really bad with the rules I know when something looks like it's like pass interference or whatever. There was like... As does every fan. Yeah, yeah. Now, the new one to me was the illegal touching, and mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that sounds rated R. Like, illegal touching. Yeah, it's, it sounds worse than it is. I'm like, were they touching them in the no-no squares? Where were they touching him? Yeah. I, I was like, ooh, that one was bad. So, football has become a, a weekly, like, I actually find myself fighting with the girls about like, no, we're watching football. And they're like, mom, we thought you were on our team. And I'm like, oh no, not anymore. So I do really enjoy football now. And I'm slowly but surely like learning. I mean, you know, you take for granted, you've been watching football your whole entire life and you probably even played it. I didn't have that luxury. And when you play a sport is really when I feel like you really learn the rules and the different things. So coming into it only seven or eight years ago and everything has changed so much even since then and I never played it. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to learn in a short amount of time. And I I feel like that's why I'm always a little self-conscious about talking about it because there is a side to me and it it keeps me humble in all of this, but there is a side to me where I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about there because I don't really understand the game fully yet, but I'm working on it. And as I learn more, the confidence grows and stuff. So, and I appreciate you for guiding me through fantasy football and just football in general and I have constant stupid questions. There is such thing as stupid questions and I am I assure you I come up with them. You do awesome. Let me give you some credence to your experience and why you shouldn't feel like you don't know what you're talking about because there's people all over the place that have variety of experience and that doesn't mean that you don't have a life 
where you've lived and learned and understood. What you share is your own perspective. It is irrelevant how much you played and this, that, and the other thing. It doesn't matter. People use that as a measuring stick, as a way to bring somebody down. But at the end of the day, your number one and most amazing thing, at least to me, is your personality. Like, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You can have a podcast about anything and people are going to like you. You have a charming personality and that has no bearing on fancy football or football experience or whatever. Growing up, I was part of all kinds of sports. I only played football for one year. Like I wrestled and then I coached after that and then went to school for physical education. Like it's always been something where just about every sport I try, I'm already like above average at it. And I'm extremely competitive like you are. Mm. I'm also much like a very much a math person. Like math makes sense to me. And what fantasy football is, is a combination of math, logic, and a little bit of football. And then other than that, it's just experience and understanding. Yeah, spreadsheeting is your love language. But you notice how only a part of that is a little bit of that is football. It doesn't matter. My friend's dad needed somebody for his league, and I got into that league and immediately won that league. And I hadn't played fantasy football before. That was my freshman year at Indiana State. So that would have been like 2005, 2006. And Ooh, you've been playing a long time. Whatever it was, I drafted the running back who took over Landale White on the Tennessee Titans and rushed for CJ2K, 2,000 yards. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But I was better than a lot of those people. And just a lot of it is if you're just managing your team appropriately, mm-hmm. even if you're not great at knowing football, this, that, and everything, if you just manage your team well, you're probably already better than half the league. Right. Yeah. And guess what? You don't have to play football to do that. Right, right. So never get down on yourself or feel less like your opinion matters less because you didn't play football. That's something weak minds say to validate themselves and to bring others down. That's not something you ever should have to worry about. You belong for sure. Well, thank you, Nick. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to belong. <laughs> well, right around the time, right before I met you, I found Sleeper. And I had played on Yahoo all those years. Yep, I've been on Yahoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played ESPN and Yahoo prior to finding Sleeper. Mm -hmm. I found Sleeper and I didn't know anyone on Sleeper. I came from basically the public forums to joining Sleeper. And I played in some leagues with a couple guys who had played in a bunch of leagues for a long time on Sleeper. Got to figure out Sleeper and got to know Sleeper. I want to say that was almost the exact same time that we eventually met Hmm. playing the stream pools. That was probably within a year of joining sleeper because I don't know how long sleeper's been here but I'm sure glad it showed up I know I know (laughs) it really is such a neat app and if anybody is listening to this and doesn't play fantasy football on sleeper which I can't imagine yeah sleeper is such a great community in terms of fantasy football leagues there's just hundreds and thousands of different leagues available so you can find any setting you want anything you want on there and then it's just people like I've met some of the coolest friends through these leagues. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I've just, I've met people who I genuinely call friends today who I've met and I've met plenty of people in person. You know, Craig and I have met people along the way that we play in leagues. I mean, Chisco, we, we saw him when we were in Colorado and Chisco. I know, you know, it's just like, it's moments like that though, that really make you realize, like, I think people think we're silly sometimes like, Oh, you play this fantasy football it's just a game like oh you put so much time into it and it's like but it's a family it's so it's 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 such a unique place it's a social media for people who are football enthusiasts and who want to take fantasy football to an entirely different level so it's just such a fun world it's really become such a great hobby. It's really a great environment for the most part. Yes, you have your typical drama and there's things that can happen, but for the most part, it's a fairly innocent world to be part of where you meet genuinely good people for the most part who have a similar interest in football and other things, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the interaction aspect that Sleeper offers. Yeah. Like you can share gifts and pictures and whatever. Oh God, yeah. And there's group chats, yeah. just like text message group chats and what 
whatnot. Right. So it's like, it's, it's a bar. It's an online bar to hang out at. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. no one really claims to be like the best in the world at pins. And this is my career and my hobby or some, or top golf. I'm a top golf champion. You know what I mean? But it's something you do while you hang out with friends and sleeper basically offers that platform where you can hang out and interact online while doing some other kind of activity. Yeah, it's a, it's a social media for fantasy football enthusiasts and, and football enthusiasts in general. So, I mean, it literally is a social media where you are going in and you are socializing while you are also playing this game. When I discovered that, like all these things we talked about, these are all things other than the actual game of fantasy football being played that makes it where you like it. And that's where I'm at right now is that I have a big collection of leagues where I try to control the experience and atmosphere and have cultivated to get to this point of the best parts about playing Dynasty Fantasy Football without the negative parts. It's the reasoning behind like filtering methods and various league settings and roster sizes all the way down to everything has the high volume league participant in mind. Mm-hmm. Each of the settings and whatnot have been debated and thought out with a group of dynasty junkies to try to come down to what is the best solution that solves all the problems and so on and so forth. And minimizes issues. Yeah, we'll get into some of that here, but I am curious, and actually, like, I I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but... Oh, great. No pressure. (laughs) I'm curious what your weekly routine looks like during the fantasy football season. Like, how do you keep up with your leagues? Like, what, what days do you do what? And how do you how do you budget your time so that you I'm sure busy fancy person traveling the world and softball <laughs> oh, daughters yeah. and all these various pets to make guest appearances I'm sure you have lots to do but you still have a bunch of leagues and you still play them all like I asked you I was like how many championships are you are you in you're like I don't know I just set them all like I'm in the championship. <laughs> That is a true statement, by the way. That is 100%. I don't even care. Like, even the ones that don't, I have no match for, I'm still setting a lineup. I was like, that's a winner's mentality. It's like, did, did you lose last week? I don't know. I'm going to win this week. It doesn't even matter. I'm still setting it like I'm a champion. Yep, on to next week. I'm definitely not traveling the world. I might be traveling the country, although it's been a little stalled since, you know, Bella and Dickney, but... Um, <laughs> I am busy. So it is, it can be a lot. Like I had like 20 something leagues, probably a little more than half were paid. And then the other ones were not paid, but I treat them all equally. I don't think there's a day that goes by in seven days that I don't get on well, you get notifications all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're on Sleeper or even ESPN and Yahoo, I think they all send like player updates. So obviously through the week, as these players are practicing, they tell you if somebody has changed from healthy to questionable or if sometimes you get lucky enough to know somebody's doubtful way ahead of, you know, game day or what or out or whatever. So every day I feel like I at least check in to my leagues, kind of see what's going on or might go to waivers several times during the week to kind of see who's available before waivers run. I am admittedly weakest at waivers, although I do feel like this year I was better. So I do have a bad tendency to overlook waivers. Nick never misses a waiver. Like I can guarantee you anytime waivers run, Nick has picked somebody up. I don't care if it is the last string of the last string of the last string of quarterbacks. Like if he's there and there is one tiny ounce of hope that this person could ever play in the NFL. <laughs> Nick has him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get on there and I'm excited when I'm like, oh, I beat Nick on a waiver. <laughs> and he was probably not expecting that. <laughs> he's probably like, whoa, she does play waivers. Noble, 30 bucks on a left field. <laughs> I, listen, because I have $200 of fab <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to blow my money because I'm getting it all back at the end of the year here. Mm-hmm. So I'm 
might as well win the guy. So I would say Wednesday. I mean, so Tuesday, depending on your waivers. Like I may go in and make a couple of different like waiver claims if I know waivers are gonna run on a Wednesday. Come Wednesday, I'm getting a little more active. And then obviously Thursday, there's Thursday games. On Thursday, starting like late in the afternoon, I'm really actively getting in and trying to set all of my rosters and really trying to determine like, who am I looking at? I'm changing flex players. So you don't want a Thursday player in a flex spot. So if I have a wide receiver who's playing on a Thursday, I'm making sure that they're out of my flex spot and into a wide receiver, running back, quarterback. Um, If I have a super flex spot and I have two quarterbacks, you know, I'm making sure that if I have a Thursday game, they're in the quarterback position so that if injuries come up, you have more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I'm going through all of my rosters and I'm not only changing the positioning and making sure if I have Monday games, like those are going in my flex spot. I'm so I'm strategically placing my my players. I'm looking to see what my injury status is. And I'm I'm basically setting my lineup right before Thursday games are getting ready to start probably about an hour before I'm going in one last time and I'm just making sure I haven't overlooked anything. There's no last minute injuries. I'm also making sure that I have options available. So in leagues where I do have a questionable player, I'm looking at, okay, did they practice? Were they limited? What's the injury? And does it say anything in the little description about like likely to play, not expected to play? For those players who are truly concerning and questionable, like a player on a Monday, if I have a Thursday player that may be equally as good or not a terrible option, I may opt to play them because I don't want to wait on a Monday player. So I'm making those determinations. So Thursday starts everything. And then Friday is pretty low key for me. If there's no Saturday games, mm-hmm. I kind of take a rest day. I'm like, all right, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm probably not going to do a whole lot on a Friday, Saturday early, casually going through sort of looking to see, okay, do I need to put any waivers in for Sunday morning? Last minute, did anybody sneak up on me as an injury or an illness or something where I need to be concerned? And then Sunday morning, I wake up first thing. And the first thing I do is check all of my rosters and I get them all set for basically Sunday and Monday. So obviously the brunt of your games are for the most part going to be on a Sunday, except for the few off, you know, holiday weekends where they have like Saturday games and stuff. But yeah, so Sunday I'm, I'm heavy doing my heavy lifting. Once Monday games are played, like I go to bed and you start all over again on Tuesday, but (laughs) you know, Tuesday, Tuesday is usually a fairly low key day for me. So Tuesdays and Fridays are my two days that are like kind of low key. Every other day you got to get in, you got to do something. You got, you have to, you have to be constantly checking your team. (laughs) You know, and it goes back to team management. Management, managing a team, like you draft a great team, but if you fail to manage that team, you don't win. So you can draft the best team that anybody's ever drafted in fantasy football, but if you fail on management, you're never going to win a championship. Mm-hmm. You really do have to be active, but I think the more you do it, like it's second nature to me now. So I can get in there and mm-hmm. and really get things sort of situated fairly quickly. I don't have to spend like astronomical amounts of time or anything, but I do obsess over waivers a little bit. Like when there's several more in redraft leagues. So dynasty leagues, you don't usually have as many players on the, on waivers still. They're usually deeper benches. You have a lot of bench players and then even taxi players. Mm -hmm. But in redraft league, you know, you get in there and you see all of these juicy players that at any point in time can really have a great game. And they're not even on rosters. Not on rosters, mm-hmm. I know. And it's like you start overthinking and you start like, ooh, this is a really good matchup. Like, should I pick this person up and play them for this person? So I tend to do a lot of overthinking. I tend to overanalyze. I'm reading a lot of like numbers. What are the previous weeks look like? So I can get a little crazy. That was a long-winded answer to my my <laughs> managing. What what does your managing look like? You've got 91 leagues. Like, how can you even begin like I that I can't even imagine you have to have it down to a spreadsheeting science 
It's not so much a spreadsheeting science, but there are several tools that help me do various steps of it faster. But as soon as the Monday night game ends, I'm setting the lineup for the next week. Because in my leagues, I have 10 IR, and you can put doubtful and out, IR, DNR, whatever that is red, you can basically move it down into IR. And my logic behind having a 10-person IR is one, it came about during COVID when all of a sudden eight players on your team are out uh, so you had the IR there I prefer to have a league where you pick up more people rather than have to cut good people that you normally wouldn't have to cut so no one's ever in a position where they need to cut someone who probably should be on every single roster they can always pick up somebody else so there's really more people rostered rather than having to cut someone who probably shouldn't be cut which is part of like the design for that so Monday I take all the out players and I move them down to my IR this hope opens up anywhere from zero, one to two roster spots on my team. Mm -hmm. Once I go through and all my lineups are set, I usually get halfway through or so before I end up falling asleep. And then I work. <laughs> from opening to close yeah. on Tuesday, get home on Tuesday and immediately start going into finishing the rest of setting my lineups and moving out players to IR. Then I go back to the top again and make waiver claims down the list. If you're not already doing this when you're looking at waivers, I'm telling you this part, Noble, might help you as far as the grinding the waiver process. If you tap roster percentage on Sleeper, it brings anyone who probably shouldn't be there to the top like who's owned in almost every league but oh. someone has dropped him so okay. with just a couple clicks one it we hit available players it pulls you right up to who's trending and usually if there's somebody trending these are all indicators of something you know should be changing oh this backup qb is getting picked up you go and look uh oh my quarterback is questionable you know so each one when you look at trending gives you a pathway to hey something is happening where values are I shifting. I do pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do pay attention to the trending. And if it's yellow, as in they're available and on waivers, I'm always like, then I go over and check into them further. So I, I do look at that, but I didn't know about roster percentage. The roster percentage is a key part because I see it in a lot of the leagues. People have made a bunch of waiver claims. They're all on the trending players. But right before the week started, somebody dropped somebody they weren't supposed to drop. And I will bid a ton of money on that player and nobody else bids on that player or one other person uh, bids on that player because so smart. Because he's on buy this week or something. So they right, dropped him right. so he doesn't show up. Like when you go right into available players, it has the highest projected at the top. Right. So they don't show up there. They're on buy. One thing when I go through, I always tap roster percentage just so anybody who's normally rostered in a league jumps to the top. And I know because like I saw Oliver, the tight end for the Vikings, get picked up in a ton of leagues where there are way better tight ends ends on waivers. Yeah, I was one of those. But, but like, <laughs> he got picked up in a league and Dawson Knox had been dropped the prior week. And not that Ew. he's, like, good, but it's like, Oliver is nothing. Yeah, yeah. Knox isn't trending, but Oliver right. is on the trending list. So, just tap in that roster percentage part. Mm. We'll bring those extra players that aren't already trending, but you should probably know about to the top and help you make better decisions on waivers. Yeah, and, like, in leagues that have kickers and defenses that is probably hugely helpful because kickers are the first thing that I feel like somebody would cut in a bye week and just pick up another kicker mm -hmm. and you could get really lucky to pick somebody up like Aubrey who was amazing I know I don't play in a ton of kickers league kicker leagues but Scott Fish uses kickers mm -hmm. and kickers are very they're the way the points are are very valuable so if you do play in a league with kickers Leave. kickers are the first thing people are like, well, I don't leave. <laughs> no, I like kickers. We play them in Keeper League. Yeah. You actually have a league it's that we dynasty. play them in. If you have kickers in Dynasty, I don't know what you're doing. It's not Dynasty. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't have any kickers, I don't think, in any Dynasty, but yeah. Just not my cup of tea. How I kind of work the waivers is that these are super flex leagues. And this year, I think, like, last year was, like, the Hamlin year. The year before that was, like, COVID year. This year was the year of backup QBs. Yeah. Injuries. Is backup QBs more so than ever. Like, I've never gone into a championship game and had five QBs to choose from off the waivers who are starting this week. Like, it, it doesn't work out like that. That's not how this works. Right, right. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was a crazy, it was like the twilight zone. Like this was supposed to be a scarce commodity that you can't find on the wafers. <laughs> and they're all over the Yeah, and weekly. I could pick up yeah, Jaron Hall or Mason Rudolph or Jacoby Brissett or like and all these guys are supposed to be starting or whatever. Right. This year was the year of zero QB. But in super flex leagues, typically if a QB becomes available, that's one of the ones I will actually spend money on with waivers. Mm-hmm. As far as the various wide receivers that are wide receiver fours and fives that move up into a wide receiver four and five, I'm not spending money on them. I'll make claims, but I don't spend big money on them. If somebody gets me on them, those are fine. The ones I do spend money on are the QBs. Now, yeah. there are exceptions like a running back looks like they're going to be the starter, like somebody drops Zeke, right? And then Ramondre Stevenson goes down the next week. You're going to blow all your fab on it. But most of the time, that caliber, even a backup player, isn't there. The ones that come out of nowhere are the QBs because they can go from worth nothing to starting, and that is a big jump. Uh, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Usually, if an RB is going to starting, he's going from backup to starting, which is already much higher up the pole in value than backup QB you haven't heard of. Yeah. Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's like they also get changed out halfway through the game because they were not that good. But that's how I ended up with a ton of Joshua Dobbs. And I sold several of them. Who started out great. Yeah. He started out great. It was decent while it lasted. I got a ton of Aiden O'Connell when he became the starter because those are the ones I pay the big bucks for. I'll actually pay to get those on the squad because you never know when your QB is going to go down and and eight of them went down for the championship week. You know what I mean? Crazy. I mean, when you're choosing between Easton Stick, Joe Flacco, and Jared Stenham in a championship game, you're like, what planet am I living on right now? This is not how it was supposed to be. That's why they're already on your team. Right. Because you bid on them when they became the starter. Yeah. As far as what's my personal strategy for running waivers, I'm typically prioritizing QBs. Yeah. So you you set your lineup mainly Monday after everything has finished. Half of it and then the other half is Tuesday night right before waivers because I can't get it all in before I fall asleep and got to go back to work again. (laughs) And then from that point forward you're just basically keeping an eye on the injuries and just kind of plugging in where you need to go. The extra management piece that is involved with having an IR is once I move those people to IR Monday night before Tuesday waivers process, anyone who left and is out for the game that they played on Sunday is still holding that out status all the way up until when waivers process. At that point, that out person becomes questionable for the next week or then gets healthy. So you only have that roster spot for a brief period of time before waivers process. So whoever you pick up, you're likely going to have to drop a couple people. Yeah. Every For every player you picked up, you're likely going to have to drop somebody coming off of IR. But this gives you a chance to put that back up. When the quarterback was questionable for this week, you get the you picked up the backup and you write it out and then you find out an hour and a half before the games happen that, oh, the quarterback is inactive, then you keep him. Or, oh, the quarterback is inactive, then you can cut him to get down to actually being able to set reset your lineup. But you you asked about when are, you, when are your starters done? I'm trying to set my lineup perfectly by the end of Tuesday night at 2 a.m. when waivers process here in Central Time. I lost an hour moving to Nashville, an hour that I could have been able to spend on waivers that I cannot now. <laughs> you might have to trim down 10 leagues just to be able to accommodate for the central time zone. But that makes it important to get it right then because you're going to be in an eligible roster right? until enough people get ruled out throughout the week. You're waiting for them to now get ruled out again for next week, someone else. So that's interesting because I run into that a lot where if I'm over because somebody has gone to questionable and I don't have that roster spot available, then I'm like stressing over who do I drop? Who do I cut? Now, me being me, and you know that I sometimes add the most random of players. I usually have somebody who's like 0% roster that I can <laughs> trim right off my roster. You're probably Sorry, like, Miles. Who, yeah, who <laughs> is this person she just dropped? Whatever. I just sometimes the noble touch, you know, doesn't actually hit like Amon Ross St. Brown. So I do have to then cut someone. 
on, but I kind of like the idea of setting. So in other words, as long as I set my lineups by Tuesday, I'm good that like to wait it out basically Mm -hmm. to see if somebody else goes to out or doubtful or whatever to be able to then move back to my IR or there, I don't have to move them from my IR because they go back to out. Yep. So Tuesday is the golden day. Tuesday is the golden day where I am cramming from the moment I get off work until the moment I go to sleep to get 91 leagues straight. See, and Tuesday to me is kind of like a little bit of a, like I need to give my brain a little bit of a rest after the weekend (laughs) and the emotional anguish and anxiety. Tuesday is the rest day. Yeah, I do. I feel like it's active recovery for me to get back into it. I need to retrain my brain because that catches me a lot of times. So I guess I, I, that's a question I should have asked you. That would have been a good question to ask you, not a dumb question. So I need to get better about going right in on Tuesday and just going through and setting everything the way I would want my perfect roster to be and then manage from there depending on the injuries and only make a change if I absolutely have to. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, look at I, I even learned something today. Well, once you've done that, the Thursday players start mattering more a little bit while you're doing that, that you get them either in or out how you want it this week at that point because you can sometimes write it out the whole weekend with the ineligible roster if you set your roster correctly. Right. Absolutely. From there. And you don't have to worry about cutting anybody. You don't have to make any moves. Yeah. Right. You just write it out. You're good to go. But if somebody is out, you can take them straight from your lineup straight to IR. Correct. Now, when you press it on sleeper, it doesn't do anything. You close the app, reopen the app, boom, he's on your IR. Yeah. So often people are confused how that works and end up accidentally moving the wrong people off IR and whatnot afterwards. But if you ever move someone from your starting lineup to out on sleeper, you either have to go to another league and come back or you have to close the app and reopen it before it shows you appropriately there. But even then, as long as you get that Thursday player up, he's not going to play his Thursday out. You then have all the way up until an hour and a half before kickoff at noon, usually-ish, to uh, get that figured out. Or then you'll eventually have to cut someone or someone else will go out and then you you can fix your lineup. Where I say an hour and a half before kickoffs, that's when the healthy scratches are announced. Like, I've had to keep Zach Evans on teams all season long for no point at all to be healthy scratches. And every time he's in healthy scratch, move him down to IR, pick up whoever's best on waivers. Congratulations to Marcus Robinson. You're on the squad now. Yeah, which hasn't been a bad person to add on your squad. Uh, He's one I only got a couple of, but was one of the better pickups. Yeah. The thing about using IR is once you get to like Sunday and then the afternoon games and whatnot, once somebody gets, oh, this guy's out, you move him to IR and almost everybody's already on waivers because they've already played. Right. So what's something that you can do with that roster spot rather than just ride out this out person for the next two days? Go ahead and move him to IR anyways. Go pick up the backup quarterback for the one of the two teams that are playing or the, or the four teams left to play. There were a bunch of times I got Heineke the week before because yeah. uh, there's not even that many options to pick up or whatever. If I'm, I'm not going to pick up a seventh string wide receiver who needs three injuries and a lot of things to happen or am I going to pick up the backup quarterback where I'm probably going to drop him next week but if somehow the starter goes down, his starter, not even like I have to have the starter, right. then right. I just got the best pickup for next week already on my team ahead of time. Right. But if not, yeah. there's no consequence because I'm already going to have to drop somebody anyways. Yeah. He's going to go right back off your squad. Mm-hmm. There's a little safety net. Yep. Roster management things. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. There's a lot, and there's a lot to it. And, and I've learned something every year. And so I have gotten better at managing my teams along the way. There is a lot to the game of fantasy football. There is a lot. If, if you want to play to the best of your ability and be really competitive and you're playing against really competitive people, then these are the little tricks that make you better that make your team management better so good good advice good info nick is like the ultimate 
team manager. Like <laughs> I could only hope to be, if I'm half as good as Nick in managing my team, I'm going to be successful. Yeah. He's going to beat me. <laughs> my start set advice is not the greatest. And honestly, it's, it's an overrated task to give start set advice. Cause at the end of the day, it's such a gamble. It's, it's luck. Most yep. of it is luck. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. You'll look at my team management, like the little score, like starting percent of your total points or whatever. And mine's often not very good but I'm also much deeper. Also, because I use every roster spot I could potentially use all the time, I'm always scoring more max points for. So typically, like, my picks are determined that way. My picks are often a little later than even what, like, my team is stacking up as because I utilize all those bench spots, and that drives up your max PF when you could have just had no tight end backup this week, but you did have a good tight end backup this week. And the one on the bench ended up blowing up. Now your max points for even more more for a guy that you're now going to have to drop next week because they get the starters back. I, yeah. All I effectively yeah. did was pick up a guy, raise my max PF, and cut him. Right. <laughs> kind of screwed yourself. Double-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's often my picks end up even later than how good my team is, but I often end up moving my picks anyway. So Yeah. Yeah. You just trade them out, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Drafting with Nick in a, like, rookie drafts or whatever, he never lands in the same place, and all you see is his name all over the board, and I'm like, <laughs> How? How is it humanly possible? Yeah, especially during the season, there's moments where people don't understand like how picks work. And I, I don't like to see those kind of trades necessarily go down. And part of what I was talking about it earlier, where like when I joined Sleeper, I basically set out to be able to create the best environment for a bunch of people. And that takes a lot of cultivating the members because the league is only as good as the members are. You know what I mean? You have to have a full league of good members or it doesn't matter how good your settings are if this guy's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. I have a question that's not on our agenda sure. and I know we probably need to uh, think about wrapping it up here soon, but let's just let's just dive in here. I think we've actually talked about it before, but I, I want to touch on it again because this time of year always brings up the argument of trade deadline or no trade deadline. Do you support a trade deadline or do you not support a trade deadline? So I was saying earlier how all the decisions for how I have things set are to cater to high volume league participants. For example, players go on waivers after games and then they clear after Tuesday at the normal time in every single league. So one thing that caters to a multi-league participant is a lot of various settings being identical throughout all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, okay, this league is this and this league is that or whatever. The more things that you can take away as constants, the less things you have to focus on. I always have each of them set that way. There's no daily waivers. You can get on 15 minutes before the game starts because you just got off work and be able to pick up the tight end because your tight end is out and play him this week. Uh, you don't, oh, I had to put in a waiver last w- yesterday and be thinking ahead to if this tight end plays and have this player. This It just costs so much more time to have daily waivers to manage that team to perform the same task that took me 30 seconds without waivers to perform. Which I prefer by the way open waivers like once the waivers run i think they should just be open for you to go in and do what you need to do not have daily the reason i have a trade deadline in every single league is because the ripple effect of having it provides a lot of the experience that i like people to have i want them to feel like the league is an active league and when you have a trade deadline that forces people to make a decision when it's not decided yet what you are. People want to be able to trade during the playoffs to fix their team. If you have a trade deadline, you have to make that decision to potentially fix your team or get that back up at the trade deadline. Whether you need it or not, end up needing it or not, you still have to make that decision earlier. When you're doing that, there's more teams that are trying to do the same exact thing. So boom, 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 boom. All these teams that are trying to win now have a reason for activity. And all these people that are on the fringe either can go in or out. And the people who are rebuilding are now be able to move their guys. The vast majority of the league is motivated to make deals. Mm. You also as like me at the trade deadline I now bought some several of these older players and sold younger players. Like I had a ton of Keaton Mitchell. I sold a ton of Keaton Mitchell and then he immediately went on to IR. That was one of the ones I was happy about selling. I sold some Jaden Reed which I probably will end up regretting but what I sold it for <laughs> I thought at least made sense for whatever I was fixing. And a 
lot of it is I already have a good starting lineup. Why am I now trading my first on this to get this or whatever? Because you don't know next week Keaton Mitchell goes down. Next week Christian Kirk goes down. And then, oh, now it's the fantasy championship and you don't get Amari Cooper either. If you hadn't have traded for, which I traded for Christian Kirk in a couple leagues and he immediately went to IR and that screwed me. <laughs> you have a motivation to trade for depth. If you don't have a trade deadline, you're just trying to get as many stars as you can and then if something happens during the playoffs, then you can just send everything else for that. Like It increases activity in your league throughout the season by having a trade deadline and motivates more people to make more moves, more activity, more reason to play for more than just the one trade at the end of the year. Okay. Your reasoning for it, for having a trade deadline is very different than the arguments you'd mainly see for trade deadline versus no trade deadline. I would argue, first of all, I much prefer a trade deadline, but not necessarily for league activity, but more to protect the league integrity that you wouldn't have a team that basically puts a bad trade out there to try to stack a team or to take advantage of a team. I know that people would argue that taking advantage of a team is part of the game. People should be able to manage their team however they want. I don't like working all season really hard to get to the end and seeing a big trade go down that is going to probably do me in in the championship and then feel like, I guess I feel it's unfair in a way. And and you can argue until you're blue in the face and say, well, you had the opportunity to make that trade too. I just play with a different mentality. You want to play like I spent 17 weeks building this. Correct. That I didn't in the last minute. Yeah, I spent one day doing right. this at the end of the season. Right. Like I feel like it should be an accumulation of a team that you built through 17 weeks that took you to the championship and now you're head to head in that 17th week. Who's the better team? Yes, I can go find a schmuck in the league who is willing to sell their soul and, and pad my team for the win. But is that going to make me feel good to take the victory on? For me, no, it's not. That's not how I want to win a league. I want to win a league knowing that I managed my team to the best of my ability over 17 accumulative weeks. And it wasn't one final push that made me victorious. I want I want to know that my management paid off in the end. And I just despise the thought of somebody coming in and taking advantage of that situation and, and really gotcha. heavily padding their team. I, it's, it's such a gross <laughs> feeling to me and it's happened to me. And I think until you get burned by it or you see it happen when you're in that vulnerable position that all of a sudden you're like, ew, it just feels yucky to me. I just, I just play differently. I just, it's my own personal opinion on the way that I feel and the ethics of how I play the game. Everybody is entitled to play the game the way they play. And this is the beauty of finding leagues that fit the rules you want to see in place. I do play in leagues that don't have trade deadlines. And I know going into those leagues that there isn't a trade deadline and I run that risk. I don't love it, but it is what it is. I've accepted that. It always feels really gross when that trade goes down and that's the difference absolutely the lions you saw them with the player that didn't get called as an as a eligible wide receiver correct and they're all upset they were trying to be sneaky about it they were trying to stay within the rules and do something a little extra that would give them an advantage with how they were like pretending to report in and actually reporting in but then they actually got it wrong the coach said he literally told the refs he was going to do it and they didn't like it I don't know whatever happened but the point is is that they did that because they were going to every length they could to get an advantage right that is a lot of the reasoning behind why various rules and settings are like they are I'm not going to reward you for doing something that would give you an advantage that is negative Mm -hmm. that's why it's just straight reverse max PF it has nothing to do with playoffs so you don't play all season and then bench your entire team and lose in the fifth, yeah, sixth place game yeah. to move up a spot, bench your whole team in the third, fourth place to bench a spot. Now you're making it all about this rather than about a whole season of what you've been playing to build for these right. moments. Right. I, uh, that's a rule for me that I much prefer playing in leagues that do have trade deadlines. I just my own personal feelings and it's a heated subject you're gonna have people who are like 
absolutely not. You are not playing fantasy football right if you have a trade deadline. And then you have team, nope, I'm, I'm not subjecting people to the possibility of the drama of the big trade that goes down to push somebody to the championship. I see both sides of it. I really do. I think it's your, your perspective on it is an interesting one and one that I haven't heard. So I think it's interesting for you to talk about league activity. I think that's a an interesting twist on a trade deadline. We talked about it last year, uh, the, uh, the very same discussion, and we brought up a lot of these points. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what are some of the reasons why people like not having a trade deadline? So this actually came up in a league uh, just the other day, and there was a little conversation about trade. Somebody had come in and said, I'd like to propose a trade deadline next year. And then it was like immediately met with overruled no. And so there was there was a, a discussion that went on, a very respectable discussion. It wasn't like anybody, you know, got mad at anyone. There are people who believe that team management is to be left up to the teams and that not having a trade deadline isn't putting anybody at a disadvantage because everybody has the same advantage to being able to make whatever move they see fit in a league. I have trouble with that because we don't all value players the same. We don't all value picks the same. And this is a dynasty league. I mean, typically we're talking about dynasty obviously redraft is a whole different animal in valuing players I I mean you can look at something and go wow that was really lopsided but to somebody else they might be like no it's not like I have a perfectly Mm -hmm. I like this player and I like this player Mm -hmm. but league integrity and moving forward in that league when other people see that and they don't value the players the same it does cause animosity within a league and it can be the quickest way to blow up a league is to let a trade like that go down and people see that as unfair. But I do understand, yes, there is a level where you can say, hey, anybody can make that trade. Nobody's stopping anybody from making these trades. It's the best time to take advantage of the situation and rebuild, maybe get a, like if your team isn't doing so well and you want to acquire a bunch of picks, it's a great time to sell off assets and get picks. There is a huge advantage to the playoff teams being vulnerable to, geez, my team made the playoffs, but I'm not real thrilled with the way it's been playing. Maybe you just had an injury or something and you're a little desperate in that moment. And so maybe you are willing to sell off picks a little easier to grab somebody to plug and play. So yes, it it is a good, it's it's an advantageous time to make those moves. So you say, the argument is that you want to be able to make whatever moves the people want to make. When you set a dot a deadline, people are still able to make these same moves. And as a matter of fact, it is not just the couple people left in the playoffs that are able to make these moves. All the other teams are able to make these moves. Everyone is still at the same advantage and disadvantage when there is a, a trade deadline because everyone has the trade deadline there. I've had it where I'll open up trading for non-playoff and eliminated teams so that the playoffs aren't affected by trades, but if other people want to trade, they can. And there is almost never any trades those last few weeks of the year. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. Like, I'm changing the bylaws to by request so that I don't have to go through and turn them all off at the end of the season. Yeah. So the same things that you want to be able to do, you now have to plan ahead a little bit. Now you have to get... You have to be a little more strategic. You have to get extra players or depth just in case because someone can go down and this guy can go down you got to be able to last the next week and then the three weeks of the playoffs you got to get a month out of these guys everything that you want in not having a trade deadline you can have it on the same playing field with a trade deadline also you want i want teams that are not good to be able to get better and they can't get better unless there isn't a trade deadline because that's when they can sell to the championship guy their piece i hate to break it to you but that's only going to happen one 
time. Like, it's not like every team that sucks, all other nine teams that are eliminated are going to get to make that deal. One is. You know, when you have a trade deadline, you have six teams that are trying to make that deal and another six teams that are trying to sell them that deal. Yeah. So you have motive for both parties and lots more of the parties. A lots more chances for teams that are bad to get better in the future while right. giving up something for now. And a lot more teams interested in buying things for now that are willing to give up something for the future in that moment rather than just isolating it down to that. So you have to make more moves. There's more players that are now interested in being able to make a deal. There's more league mates that are now interested in making a deal. And it isn't over. You can't necessarily make a deal that wins you the championship that next week. Every, there's nothing that can happen that's going to change what's going to happen. No one has a chance to get injured or progress or anything. There's no month in between the choice and the consequences. When you have a trade deadline, there is. Right. So rather than the instant gratification of taking a season's worth of work and changing the outcome by making a trade at the 11th hour, you have to make way more activity and way more league mates involved a part of playing in this league, which I think adds to the whole experience of Dynasty. The experience of Dynasty isn't hold out until the very end of the year and try to get a drastic overpay for your players to, with the last person alive at the end of the season. That's not, <laughs> that is not a very exciting game to play. Yeah. Like it defeats all the things that make you happy about building a team and making all these good decisions. If it all that doesn't matter and it just matters what you trade for in the last week, yeah. that just gives a hollow experience. And that's why mine have a trade deadline. Yeah. It's for you get the better dynasty experience you get more activity you get more trades you get more movement you get more people being able to do what they want to do i like it i like it i think that's i think that's a good explanation and a good reason behind having a trade deadline yep i can argue that one to the grave <laughs> i know you like arguing that one <laughs> well you want to get us out of here yes you want to skip over the what you've learned this year? Yeah, we'll come back to that when I actually break down what happened in the playoffs first, what happened in the season, and we'll review that next episode. Okay, well, with that explanation about trade deadlines, that does bring us to the end of this episode, and we certainly hope that you've enjoyed our conversation tonight about fantasy football. It's a fun conversation to have. I always love when we get to kind of just go back and forth and sort of shoot from the hip and talk about our experiences and whatnot so i thought it was enjoyable i hope our listeners felt the same we'll continue more conversations in our next episode and as always we appreciate all of our listeners thank you for tuning in week after week if you're new here make sure and follow us and subscribe to the ranked draft trade podcast and make sure that you like us on all of our different social media platforms uh, and we don't want you to miss an episode so as always we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true and we can't wait to be back here again in a couple weeks happy new year happy new year ready all right we're out three hold on wait 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 <laughs> okay Okay, I know. I, I know you love when you're like, I love it when you two panic. <laughs> Nick, you're mean. It's my favorite. Just start counting slowly. People freak out. I know. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. Like, like something's going to actually blow up. Like when mom wants the kid to come, the kid's not coming. It's like, listen, I'm going to give three. you to the count of three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait for me. <laughs> <laughs>